What's up and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host for today, Caroline Gonzalez. Happy game day to you and yours as the Pelicans are back in action tonight inside the Smoothie King Center as they take on the Memphis Grizzlies, a very crucial game for the Pelicans. They sit five games back in the loss column of the Grizzlies for the eighth spot in the Western Conference. They've already secured a win over the Grizzlies on MLK Day, but the go up 2-0 in the season series would be crucial tonight. And Caroline, let's start with that. We will get into some very good news that the Pelicans heard last night, especially Brandon Ingram. But what a big game tonight inside the Smoothie King Center. Absolutely. And you want to see the Pelicans secure this win against the Grizzlies. I think uh, even more now than usual, it's important to stack these wins because I hate to say it, but you don't really have any excuses anymore because you had guys injured at the first half of the season, which of course was a huge impact. And you still have some adjustment period of adding Zion Williamson back into the lineup, but you have all your guys healthy. You have a lot of talent on this team, and so you it's important to start stacking up these Ws, especially against this Grizzlies team who didn't play their particularly best basketball game against you. You didn't have Derek Favors in the last game. You didn't have Jalil Okafor, so now you have a completely healthy roster other than, of course, Kenrich Williams and Darius Miller, but you have a lot of talent, and you need this win tonight. Yeah, the Grizzlies have not helped us out in any way, nor they're expected to. They've won eight of their last ten but the Pelicans do get a little bit of a break. Remember last game, Zion Williamson was one game away from returning. Mm-hmm. Also, Drew Holiday did a great job on John Morant. But what you took out of that game, the Grizzlies' previous game against the Knicks, I don't know if you all saw, Alfred Payton got in a little scuffle with Jay Crowder. But because of that, Jaron Jackson Jr. was one of the guys on the bench that actually stepped onto the court when that scuffle happened, which means if you do that, you get a one-game suspension. So Jaron Jackson Jr., who had his way with Brandon Ingram, even though that will, wouldn't have been the matchup tonight. Um, that's a huge blow for the Grizzlies who who need this game as well. Well, you talk about Drew Holiday, and uh, you know, you're know you the one that taught me how to do the player tracking and defense and all that, so credit to you. Um, but when, when Drew Holiday was guarding John Morant last time, he had three points and zero assists. But when you looked at who else was guarding him, he obviously had more significant points, but I thought it was interesting. He scored 11 points on Nico Melli alone, and it was only in a 50-second period, which means that that happened in the pick-and-roll situation. So I think the Pelicans today are going to really have to focus on being better in the pick-and-roll, not necessarily with Drew Holiday, but with some of those younger guys like Frank Jackson, Josh Hart, things like that. So I thought that was interesting because, as you saw in the Memphis game against the Knicks, John Morant can do some damage. So um, excited to see that matchup between Drew and Ja. Obviously, good point there as far as um, his his points on uh, Nico Melli, and a lot of that also happened in the fourth quarter, and John Morant, one of the better fourth-quarter scorers, in the NBA, we're going to hear from Pelicans general manager Trajan Langdon. If you missed it on last night's Pelicans weekly show, we played part of that conversation. But Todd Graffinini sat down with him for almost 20 minutes, and we want to play the full conversation for you. We get into a plenty of things. Um, the one thing that they did not get into is Brandon Ingram making the All-Star game for the first time in his career. That's because we did not know about that until later on last night when TNT announced the all-star observes but we can talk about it now caroline i think everyone was trying to go through their list and go okay this guy's probably going to make it this guy should be a lock this guy's on the bubble i think brandon ingram was one of those guys on Mm -hmm. the bubble of course everyone here in our minds thinks he should have deserved an all-star um an all-star bid but at the same time with the pelicans record sometimes that deters the voters 
from putting a guy like Brandon Ingram in. But last night you get the word that he is in, and I think everyone's extremely happy for Brandon because it is well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's well-deserved. And isn't it fitting that he found out when he was getting a late-night workout of in course. with Fred Vincent and Lonzo Ball? Because every day in practice you see those guys getting up countless shots, and you know it's the work that we don't necessarily see that has – made Brandon Ingram such an important player to this roster and has improved Lonzo Ball's shot. But uh, when you talk about Brandon Ingram, he is the guy that uh, you build your team around and that you want your team to focus on. Because, Daniel, you and I know how uh, NBA players can be with media, right? Brandon Ingram, every single after every single game, he talks to the media without hesitation. He's always nice. He always talks about team first, and then sometimes he talks about himself, and then he talks about, hey, I could have done this better if it's a loss. So he is the player that um, – you want to be an all-star and that deserves to be an all-star. And as I said, it's fitting that he was getting extra shots up when he found out because that's pretty much all he's done and he works on his game. Not only that, I'm glad he mentioned how he is with the media, but even just as a person, mm-hmm. when we're interacting with him without yeah. a microphone in front of his face, he's one of the nicest people yeah. I've ever met. Always asking me how you're doing. We'll always give you a dap no matter what the situation is. What's a dap? It's, What's a dap? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say, did I say it wrong? I know I'm, I'm really out of touch here. I don't know what the cool kids say anymore. Is that no, correct? No, it's a dap, yes. <laughs> a, a dad dap? Is that when I had to nope, start? Nope, took it too far. Oh, man, it's okay. Well, either way, congratulations to Brandon Ingram. He will be heading to Chicago to represent the Pelicans in the All-Star game this year. Very well-deserved. All right, let's get into our interview for today. Again, Pelicans and Grizzlies tonight. More on that in just a few moments. But again, here's Todd Graffanini's conversation with Pelicans general manager, Trajan Langdon. First of all, great to have you back on the show. Um, It's been a very sad week, uh, not only in the NBA, but throughout the basketball world as we lost Kobe Bryant back on Sunday, along with his daughter and seven other people in that tragic helicopter crash. Um, It's affected everybody in, in so many ways how has it affected you i just obviously um the man the father the spouse the husband the icon um to lose somebody who's been represented in so many ways and obviously been an idol to so many of our young players um is just tragic um but the thing that makes me think most about with my wife and my three kids is I just what is his wife and his kids going through now to lose to lose their father and to lose for her for Vanessa to lose a husband is just I can't even put into words and try to understand what that's like right now so my heart goes out to them um, but it's obviously he was a player and a person who is beloved by millions if not billions around the world and uh like like you said earlier just a a tragic tragic loss for the sports world this week when you go back to sunday when we found out the news there was a game to be played at the smoothie king center and they had games around the nba that day how surreal was it to be in the building and how difficult was it for everyone involved not only to try to take the court but to play a, a competitive basketball game yeah, I think he was a player that was, like I said, iconic and beloved and looked up to by so many players of this generation. Um, and we have two that grew up in L.A. with Drew and Lonzo. So um, try to put myself in their shoes was pretty impossible. I didn't grow up. I grew up watching Michael Jordan. Um, and it's not like I lived in Chicago. I lived in Anchorage, Alaska. So there's a there's a distance there where that guy was 
right there that they grew up with. Um, to, so to see those guys, everybody on every team put on those uniforms, lace up the sneakers, was, um, and have that resolve to go out and play was, was pretty was pretty tremendous. Um, but, but I think it comes back to who Kobe was as a player. He, he wouldn't have wanted anybody to sit that game out. He would have wanted everybody to go out, strap them on, and compete, give them their best, give the team and the fans their best shot or their best game that they could that day. And I think that's what our guys went out and did. All right, let's talk a little Pelicans basketball here. The last time we spoke on this show, we were literally on an airplane flying from Milwaukee to Philadelphia. Uh, the losing streak at that time was 10. It was about to end. We didn't know that it would end during that Christmas trip, but things are so much different now than they were back then. Things are a lot different. That was a, that was a tough time. We came off that Milwaukee game, and that might be the worst game of our season, just from a competitive focus, attention to detail. Um, com- like I said, com- competing game. Um, that was pretty much the low I think of our season, and we're at a better place now. I think uh, we have a good spirit within the team. Um, obviously, with Zion coming back, um, there's a lot of positivity around but I, th- I I also think our guys are in a good place in terms of who we are as a team um, I think our approach to games have been better our focus within game has been better uh, I, I think we've been better playing together on both ends and uh, our defense has really picked up and I think that's been the difference um, when we win games and when we lose games even through our our streak now then we've been playing better so I think we're trending up um, and that's good to see with this young group we absolutely agree that the rock bottom moment was that first half against Milwaukee. I don't think there was any doubt about it. But what to you was the turn the corner moment? When, in your mind, when you look back on things, it's like, you know what? We're starting to trend the right way. I think we went through a, a period towards the end of the streak where we still um, we lost games, but defensively we were better. Uh, we weren't executing late offensively, but we were giving the effort and we were playing together and really competing as a defensive group. And uh, that that happened when uh, I think Coach Bizdelic really went and talked to the players and kind of gave them some autonomy in terms of how do you want to defend, how do you want to defend different pick and rolls, what works for you guys, what doesn't work, what have we been doing we've, that you guys have liked, what have we been doing that you guys haven't liked, and kind of put it on the group to figure out what they what we wanted to do and I think that was huge in terms of our turnaround uh, and it's gotten a lot of buy-in um, with our players so uh, if there was one point in in the season for this turnaround I would I would definitely point at that we are four games in with the return of Zion just assess what you have seen to this point well, he's a force um, especially rebounding the ball um, he can really finish inside I'm, I'm not sure of the exact numbers but the percentages are, are you know in the history of, of the game and the first four games are, are up there with some of the best. So he can definitely affect the game. Um, the games, if you put yourself in his shoes, I mean, f- 40 games in, it's hard to come in and find a rhythm and everybody else is in shape and in a rhythm and playing good basketball. And, and uh, you know, he's been away from the game now for two for over two months. So it's definitely hard to come in at any level. It's extremely hard to come in at this level when everybody is – basically in mid-season form and and he's playing his first four four regular season games so it's really really hard I think he's done a tremendous job um he's got a lot of work to do in terms of catching up to the speed of the game and understanding uh where he's going to fit in uh with us and and how we fit him in I mean 40 games you tend to figure out 
when you have a rotation, how that works, and then you throw a player in of his magnitude, um, it's not always easy. So, But I think our, our players are, are, have done a tremendous job of trying to ease that transition. And I think he's, he's had a tremendous approach of not trying to force things and letting them come. Um, I think we want him to be a little bit more aggressive. I think his teammates do too, uh, but we'll figure that out in time. Are you a little surprised that he was able to go 30 minutes just four games in despite the lack of practice time? Uh, I think the one thing that's special about Zion is his ability to recover. I think that's one thing that we've we've seen here doing the testing and watching him do his workouts and and getting him back into game shape is 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 he has an incredible ability to recover. Um, and so right now to to ramp him up, our our performance team led by Aaron Nelson really feels that to get him back in the shape we want him, we really can. You know, we've we've ramped up a little bit uh, aggressively, but it's a little bit each game. It's two, 22 to 24 to 26 and now or to 28 and now 30. So we've progressed him, um, but I, it, it's nothing that we feel he can't do. Um, and I think it's something that he wants to do too, which is most important. So. Um, we're happy to have him back on the court in 30, 32 minutes, especially now, be closing games. Um, we're seeing how that will uh, that will translate here. Sure. When we saw Zion come back, you had a couple of players not playing to the level that they were before he came back, and specifically it was Brandon Ingram, um, who struggled with his shot a little bit. Now we saw what Brandon Ingram could bring to the table back in the Cleveland game where he looked – like his old self, and he was knocking down those early shots and the mid-range was falling as well. So is there a little bit of an adjustment, too, with the players around Zion when he came back, or was it just one of those deals with B.I. where he was just going through a little bit of a shooting slump? I think it's always kind of tricky when you have, like I said, like we said before, a player of that magnitude coming in who can impact a game in so many ways. And and I think the players, we have a, an unselfish group of players, so I think they want to try to implement and get Zion going, which means you might take a step back in your own game and might be hesitant. I really don't think that was the case with Brandon, maybe a little bit in the back of his mind, but um, I, he, he just had some things health-wise he was going through. He was fighting through some fingers being jammed and misplaced and um, on his shooting hand, so that's never fun. But he's fought through that stuff. Um, and, you know, at this time of the year, you just get bangs and bruises that you have to fight through. So I think more than anything, he was battling that more than, than the return of Zion. Tell you, Brandon, one of the acquisitions you got from the Lakers along with Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, how big have those three been for the team this year? No, they've all three been really, really good. Obviously, Brandon uh, has been good throughout. I think you've really seen an uptick in, in Lonzo, honestly, almost since the last time that we spoke. I think he's really been playing really good basketball since we came off of that Philly, um, the Milwaukee Philly trip. He's just, he's really pushing the ball, getting players involved. He's really defending at a high level uh, and putting a lot of attention on that and a lot of energy on the defensive end, and which I think is helping the rest of our team as well. So, um, He's been really, really fun to watch over the past month. Um, and, and Josh has really picked up his game here in the past couple of weeks. I think he's starting to understand and embrace who he can be in this league and for this team, kind of somebody who comes off the bench and exudes energy and, and you know brings a physical style of play on both ends of the court, rebounding the ball, pushing the ball in transition, and, and defending. So he's a guy that we rely on game in and game out to kind of bring that toughness and tenacity and physicality so I think all three have been uh, have been uh, really really good for us especially over the last month when we convened for training camp on paper 
you knew this had the potential to be a very deep team, but you didn't know how it was going to be until you actually saw guys out there on the court. Well, now we're seeing kind of the fruits of all that, and it took, unfortunately, the injuries earlier in the season to kind of figure out what guys' roles were going to be. Now, is it a blessing in disguise that we had so many injuries earlier in the year? Because now there's really not a whole lot of drop-off after the starters exit the floor. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we get a bigger bump with our second unit because we think our second unit in, in some games has a is, is that much better than other teams' second unit. So sometimes you want to get into that second unit a little bit, and, and it also helps – increase the juice for the first unit when they come back in to see that second unit scrapping and, and, and really going after the other team's second unit. So our injuries, a blessing in disguise, you hate to say that, um, but it did give a lot of our players a chance to get minutes and, and, and perform uh, when they might not have otherwise. Who has been a player that has really surprised you in a positive way to this point in the season? That's a good question. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, we've had a couple guys that have not played. I think that the hardest thing in this sport uh, or in any professional team sport is to not know if you're going to play game to game. Uh, if you're a starter, you know you're going to play 25 to 35 minutes. If you're coming off the bench, you usually know that you're going to play 15 to 20 minutes. Um, it's the guys that are in those 9 to 12, 13 roles that just don't know. Um, so, to me, I have a lot of respect for the Eton Moore who went through a period earlier in the season where he just didn't know uh, when he was playing. He DNP'd for three, four games, and, you know, his number was called. He stayed in shape, stayed ready, played five-on-five five against our coaches, and he's the one that actually put that stuff together. Uh, and, and when his number was called, he was ready, helped us, and has helped us win games. Um, and Nicolo Melli has gone through some of that as well this season in the rotation, out of the rotation, starting some games when we've had a lot of injuries, not playing a lot, and I think has performed well. But he's, again, he's been in here every day busting his butt. He comes early. He stays late. He does his routine. He gets his shots up. He's been professional. Uh, he's been positive. So I think those kind of guys, Frank Jackson's been in and out. Jaleel Okafor, those are the guys to me that have been great. They've had great attitudes the whole time, and I think that's a big reason that we didn't splinter even though we won't lost those 12, 13 games in a row. We just didn't splinter as a group. And I think to have the personalities that we have, the positivity, the, the pro professionalism um, has been huge for us to stay together. This point of the season, and of course we've got a long way to go as All-Star break is just around the corner. But, you know, while you were mentioning that, you just start thinking about the season as a whole. What's been your favorite game of the season when you're looking back on it? Uh, to this point in the year and we're gonna think about it hard because I've got two personally but uh, it, it, it's it's I think you have an answer I think you have an answer I think it's been one of our most recent games um, and I say it for for two a couple different reasons when on MLK day when we were in Memphis I was able to bring my boys uh, I have two boys that are 11 and 8 and they were uh, able to come on the trip with us because of the day off in school on MLK day and we were able to go to the Civil Rights Museum on the morning of the game and just lead into, for us, a, a great game on the road against a team that's been playing very, very well. I think they're on a seven or eight game 
maybe six or seven game winning streak when we rolled into Memphis. And I thought we played, it was, it was Drew's first game back off injury. Uh, and we just played a very spirited game, especially on the defensive end from the jump. And everybody contributed, you know, one through 10 or 11 or whoever got on the floor really helped us win that game that day. And although Drew had a career day shooting the ball, I thought just our focus and tenacity on the defensive end, um, was really great to see, uh, especially in a game that we felt we had to have at that time. And and they've continued to play well after we beat them, so it wasn't like they're a bad team. They're a really good team, and obviously we have an opportunity to play them here at home um, tomorrow. So um, that was, I think, the game that stands out the most to me thus far. All right, let's play general manager a little bit. Now, the trade deadline is a week from today. Is that does that affect you in any way? Do, how do you like it being this early in the season, I guess is my question. It's always tricky, especially when you have a team you like. I mean, people can look at our record and say, you're, I don't even know what we are now, 19 and 29. Oh, you guys aren't very good. I like our team. Uh, I think we like our team a lot. We like the depth of it. We like the personalities. Um, we like the, the talent. So for us, I think we're, we like where we're at. I don't think there's anything that we want to do. I think there's different teams around the league that say we don't like where we're at. We don't like our team. There's different pieces we need to add. Um, there might be some pieces we need to exchange. Um, I, I, it's always a difficult time in the year. Uh, I think it's made more difficult when you do have a team you like that doesn't have the record that you'd like to have. But I do think we're trending up. Um, I don't think we're in a space where we're going to be aggressively looking to do anything because we do like our pieces so um I, it's not a hard time in the season for us because of that um but being that it's early i don't think changes a whole lot uh it just it just moves your focus on trying to assess your team and evaluate and obviously it's more of a challenge for us because we've only seen zion now for four games and for us it's important to understand what pieces fit the best with him when he's on the floor and that does give us a small window to understand that well it really is amazing considering at one point the team lost 13 games in a row and now you're coming up on the month of February and you're still in the race, so to speak, to get into the playoffs. The unfortunate part is there's a lot of teams ahead of you uh, to try to get into that eighth spot. I guess the, the question is, can you worry about what's going on in front of you? You just have to take care of your own business right now. I think so. I think a lot of things have to happen for – for us to get in um but the main thing we have to worry about is, is us getting better i think that that's the main thing that you want with any team is you want to be playing your best basketball in april and you want to be better in april than you were in in october uh and i think we're trending that way uh and obviously to get to that point uh where we do get in we're gonna have to play some really special basketball in the second half of the season um but i think we have the pieces to do that i think our players believe that we can do that i think our coaching staff believes we can do that we just have to have the uh internal fortitude and belief um, that we can go out and win every game and not let anything get us down whether it be a play a quarter a half of basketball or even a game that we don't play po that we play poorly in so um i'm excited i'm excited for this group i think it's a big challenge but i think that we're up for it Good stuff there from Trajan Langdon. Keep in mind that the trade deadline is February 6th. It's earlier this year because of how things went down um, the last couple of years with trades happening during the All-Star break. They did not want that situation again. So February 6th is the trade deadline, I should say. And a big thanks to Trajan Langdon for coming on today's podcast. Pelicans and Grizzlies tonight, 7 o'clock inside the Smoothie King Center. Hope to see you out there. Pelicans need the home court advantage. Again, this is a huge game for the Pelicans before they hit the road for a very big game on Sunday afternoon. It's the Sunday showcase on ABC, which means 
The Nation will get to see Zion Williamson once again. Pelicans and Rockets, 1 p.m. Central on Sunday afternoon. And, of course, we'll have a podcast for you on Monday, getting you ready for, oh, yeah, another good team, the Milwaukee Bucks, who stroll into the Smoothie King Center on Tuesday with the best record in the NBA. Big thanks to Caroline Gonzalez, Todd Graffnini, and Trajan Langdon. And until Monday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.